Hi, I'm Mephisto, and welcome to Creator's Corner, the podcast where we discuss content creation on YouTube, on Twitch, on everything. Today, my guest is me. Uh, I couldn't get any guest. Uh, people just don't answer my emails. Uh, anyway, not to be uh, self-deprecating here. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you my story on how I became a content creator. It's pretty long and I'm going to probably do a second one. This podcast will be roughly about an hour. If I get through most of the stuff that I want to, it'll be on one episode. If I won't, then I'll have two parts for this. Anyways, uh, I'm going to try and do this in one take. So let's get right into it. So my name is Mephisto. I was born in Israel, for uh, of all places, um, to lovely two parents, which are now divorced. That will come later. Uh, I grew, I was born in 1979, which makes me 39 years old today, but in a few months I'll turn 40. Uh, significant to some people, to me, not really that much, not really that much, because I do what I love to do, at least now. It took me a long while to get to it. it took me a long road to get to it. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, I was born in a, in a house that was, uh, not lacking in money. We were not poor per se, but my parents were both hardworking individuals. They owned a bookstore at one point and, um, that kind of affected me because, uh, apparently when I was little, I was, um, going through books. I don't remember me having any fond of any books but uh apparently i was uh but ever since i remember myself uh we had a tv with illegal cable uh illegal cable the ones i don't know uh how old you are when you watch this i don't know from what which time you came in and what country you were born in but when i grew up uh, before we had the vcr we had illegal cable, which means people actually ran cables through the house, sort of like you have now with the cable box. But if you wanted to watch it, you had like a, a little switch that says cable and TV. And when you switch the cables, you got whatever was on the cables. Usually it was uh, movies. How did they hook it up? I never found out. But... We got I, the first memory I remember was getting that cable. And after that, my dad brought the VCR. It was a VHS VCR instead of most of the people around me uh, had Betamax, uh, which is a little bit different. But that was the earlier version. And the next version was VHS and then whatever, Super VHS. Um Along with that, and I talked about it on my first podcast with Nobel just a, a little bit. Um, along with the VCR, we had sort of a subscription to uh, a VCR shop. Sort of like Blockbuster or whatever shop you had where you grew up. Um, if you ever saw the movie Clerks uh, that Kevin Smith does, there's a grocery shop and there's a video shop. Sort of like that. 
a video shop with lots of stuff, old movies, new movies, all that stuff. And the subscription was you could take, you can take uh, videos out, but you have to return them uh, every two days or so. But the weekend was the real business because if you took out a, a video on a Thursday or a Thursday evening, the two days was like you okay you have to return it this on saturday evening but on saturday evening the shop was closed so you have to return it by sunday evening uh that means on the weekends we had a pile of videos to go through my parents did like a super subscription i don't know what but they took out a lot of videos uh, my first videos that I've seen were like kitty stuff, cartoons, because we didn't really have Saturday morning cartoons like the Americans did or the English did or I, I don't know how it is in Germany or Holland or wherever you are. Uh, but I had my cartoons on videos, but also I had a, um, a movie that was appropriate for kids, but it's an adult movie so that's where my love for the old 80s stuff came from ghostbusters which i wasn't supposed to watch but i did um back to the future which is more kid friendly indiana jones uh star wars star trek the movie not the tv series um a lot of that stuff and a lot of action movies which i wasn't supposed to watch but i did watch things like commando cobra rambo all the good stuff from the 80s uh so that's where my love for movies come from i enjoyed movies i loved movies I didn't grow up with a console. I didn't have an Atari or a Commodore 64 at that at specific age. I'm talking about uh, age seven till around 10. So those three years were mainly uh, driven by a lot, a lot of um, movies, uh, a little bit of TV shows because we only had like two channels, one Israeli and we got like the christian version of the lebanon channel uh, it's kind of hard to explain israel is is a neighbor of lebanon but they're kind of in sort of war not really sort of a cold war but uh in lebanon you had a really big christian community that had christian stuff so things i saw were like uh something called um the great book the mystery book or something and that was the story of jesus that's how i knew about jesus from really early age i'm not really religious and i don't believe in jesus or in really in judaism uh, per se but it's for me it was stories and it to me it was like the gateway of trying to learn english without uh, the translation because the translation was in arabic because lebanon is is predominantly an arabic speaking country uh, but I did saw a few things that were not on the Israeli TV, things like Spiral Zone, which is kind of a, I wouldn't say anime, but one of those shows that they made in the 80s just to sell dolls. He-Man comes to mind, or um, 
Road Warriors or a lot of those shows came from there. I, uh, and some of them did seep into uh, Israeli TV and I'm going on and on about stuff. But um, the main thing I want to say is I've learned a lot of my English from the sort of American accent. That's why my American accent. Uh, the American accent uh, shows that I've watched and the movies that I've watched, even though, even though on the Israeli TV in the evenings when I was around eight or nine, one of the shows that uh, that I've watched with my parents was um, uh, Who Serves You? If I'm not mistaken, sort of a... It's a sitcom, it's a British sitcom in set in a department store. A weird one, yes, but it's, it made me laugh so much and it made me fall in love with uh, British humor. And uh, it came up uh, later in life when I had uh, regular cable, not illegal cable, like with a cable box and, and various channels. And I will get to that. Um... And as I grew up and my parents got a divorce, uh, I went to live with my mom. And I think as a compensation, my mom got me my first ever introduction into consoles. And that was my Sega Master System. Rip. Uh, my Sega Master System. I played the shit out of it. Uh, I had um, sort of a store where we kind of had a subscription you paid really uh, uh, really small amounts of chip chains really i i can say it's around two bucks a month or a pound a month and what you could do is uh, you had the cartridges and the box and you went to the store and you just replaced whenever you wanted whenever you wanted you could just go in and get any game that you wanted so i got like uh wonder boy and wonder boy 2 and rampage and uh, what was that game that i played the the crap out of i think it's mafia something to do with you, you basically have uh mafia guys running around the screen and all you had to do is like tommy gun them uh i played the crap out of that game uh i don't really remember the names of the games uh part oh wait of course golden axe and double dragon i think double dragon uh it could be the sega version for double dragon i'm not sure double dragon is a sega um original but i got the the sega version of double dragon and uh Loads of other games that, again, I don't remember the name of, but they re... I, I was hooked. I was hooked. I even had the gun. Uh, the, the gun that comes with the system that really doesn't really work. It had, like, the same technology your remote did. Uh, so, it was, like, for the shooting game, I didn't really use the gun. I used the pad. I was actually kicking the crap out of the pad. I had, like... um. The pad came in and it was like a Nintendo NES pad and the the directions were like uh, were like on a big pad. But if you wanted to upgrade that and be more accurate, you took out the middle of it and you replaced it with a thumbstick, 
It was like like a screwed thumbstick. It was uh, it was uh, one of my early memories because I completely blistered my hand playing that mafia game with the um, thumb pad. Um, so that was my earliest. That was the console of all console, and about eight months after I got my, no a year a year after I got my console. Uh, my grandmother decided that I should have a PC. Now, why did she decide I ha I'm going to get a PC? I don't know. I got the console when my parents basically divorced. And that was kind of a compensation, maybe. I don't know. Again, said it. Um, but my grandmother decided, well, he is 11 years old and uh, he needs a PC. Everybody's got a PC, even though... Most of my friends did not get a PC. Let me roll it back. When I was around the age where I was watching a lot of movies, I did have a friend or two that had PCs. My first introduction to PCs was at a friend who was a girl. I wouldn't say a girlfriend, uh, a friend who was a girl. I don't remember how did we get involved. Like I, she wasn't really a part of my group of friends. But I did come to her house a few times, and the one game that she had was uh, the early uh, eight, 1984 Summer Olympics. That was a game that I cannot find anymore. I tried to get it and do an emulator of it on my PC a while back. Could not find it. And the computer was the computer of the time. It was sort of an IBM kind of thing. And the screen, uh, usually at, at that time, you either had a color screen, which had four colors in it, white, black, Cheyenne, and magenta. So it was white, black, uh, kind of a pastel green, and a pastel pink uh it was weird but you could literally see characters and play and it was awesome at the time so when my parents were divorced i went to uh actually a new school and found friends there that one of them did have a pc and one of the games he had on that pc was playoffs 1988 Lakers versus Celtics. Uh, I consider that my first ever game addiction because when my grandmother bought me my PC, uh, oh, wait, before that, before that, one more game, and that is completely inappropriate. My mom had a, a, a friend. Uh, she wasn't her girlfriend, but she it was her girl that was her friend. Uh, she also had a PC. She had a green screen, green, like green dot screen, which is, you know, hilarious. Um, and she had a game too. She was like, come. She, she knew I was uh, sort of a kid that likes solving puzzles. I was kind of a, an idiot savant in those back in the day. Not now. Now I'm just an idiot. Uh, so she had a PC, green screen. And the game she had was Leisure Suit Larry. Now, if you ever played any of the Leisure Suit Larry games, you know that they are not, not appropriate for 11-year-olds. 
cut to my grandmother buying me a PC and I had a really good PC at the time. I didn't know it was a really good PC. All I knew is my screen was the best screen you can buy. It was a super VGA, 256 colors, no less. Yeah, yeah, that means my friends who had four colors came to my house and played my PC because they gave me a disc and I'm talking about the big square discs. Yeah, gave me a disc with the copy of that game. The playoffs 1988 Lakers versus Celtics and I'm telling you I played the shit out of that game oh my god my sixth grade was not good when I was sixth grade I went to a new school everything was quite shitty uh, you could say I was a little depressed at the time I was really really short uh, compared to any of my friends and this was um it was kind of a pivotal year it was the year uh, it was between 1990 and 1991 uh that was the year of the first gulf war and in that particular year uh i had a real growth spurt but it was during the war <laughs> it was kind of weird because when we had the war we were off school for about two months two and three months or so and we went to live in a different uh different city that wasn't in the middle like i lived in a city that was close to tel aviv which is like the main hub there's like tel aviv and there's an adjacent cities around it we lived in one of those so um my mom had a friend then we moved to their place it was also a divorcee mom with two kids and me and my brother came in and would live with them and we lived for about three uh, months when i got back i was one of the tallest kids in my class suddenly because i grew up like 20 centimeters in three months i don't know how to explain it uh so suddenly it was kind of a weird thing but anyways my friends were used to come to my place and we played uh and we played that game but in the same shop same shop where where i had the um where i had the uh sega kind of uh subscription they also had discs with games on it uh games like i remember i remember i i was loving a lot of uh, sports games so they had uh, California games, California games, and which was a game. Uh, they had Italy 90. That was a game that I played the shit on. They had Golden Axe on PC. Amazing. Not as good. Not as good. Way better on the, on the console, which, you know, for today's standard. All right. I'm going to do uh, a tiny break, tiny break, because... That's what I do when other people talk on my podcast. Mm. Oh, clear the throat a little bit. Continue on going. I'm not going to edit this. I'm not. I'm going to leave it in. So, 
I had a slew of games coming in. And the thing is, my my dear grandmother was actually smarter than me. So what she did was instead of buying me one drive, one, she bought me two drives. That means I had an upper drive and a lower drive. And if you were <laughs> and if you were born in the 80s uh, and the tape trade uh, sort of um, era uh, where you uh, not really uh, I'm not talking about VHS. I'm talking about cassettes, little music cassettes. Uh, some people had a boom box with two sides so you can actually make copies so you can record on one side and pl play on one side and record on the other side. Same with the two drives. So I bought a slew of discs and I simply copied the game. Yes, I pirated it, but in my defense, those discs in that place with the subscription, not the console uh, cartridges, but the discs themselves, they were probably hot. Probably. So there's a saying in um, in old in, in old uh, Hebrew text, wh whoever steals from a thief is exempt from the thievery so i don't know i was a kid what can you do and i didn't know better and i probably didn't know it was stolen anyway anyway statute of limitations uh concerned uh we actually because again we had to move we actually moved in to that city where we escaped to because my mom decided that that's where we're going. Uh, we actually rented an apartment with that family. And I'm guessing um, my mother actually found out she's gay. So I didn't know at the time, but they were living together. Go figure, you know. Uh, it seems so obvious, but I was a dumb kid. And back then, who knew? Uh, but the PC came with me and when my mother and I uh, moved to that new place, my mother got a, a job at a place that sells uh, CDs. Yeah, CDs were coming into my country and the, one of the big places that was a big warehouse that was selling CDs and what my mom's job was to go into... Um, Bookstores back then bookstores sold a lot of CDs. Uh, they had like a big display at the, at the counter You were selling uh, either contemporary music CDs or like redone CDs. That means um, The whole vinyl it was a, tra a transition between the vinyls uh, Record albums into CDs. So there was a section for remade stuff that was recorded now on CDs there was a lot of classical music because you didn't really have to pay copyright for for classical music so there was a bunch of classical music so that place that she worked in had a lot of CDs and because because bookstores also started to uh to have games as in PC games they stocked up on games and that was a bonanza for me because in those two years, in grade seven and grade eight, those were the years where I got into D&D. &D. I was DMing with friends. I was 
was a big D and D nerd. I was DMing with friends. This was we're talking about uh, second edition. No, first edition. First edition D and D. Um, that's what my parents got me. So uh, my parents, my mom. Um, but when she worked at that place, what she did was she had she brought me a game home almost every I think it was every two weeks. She brought me a game. It was in a box. It was a big, big box. You had like a small CD, a big uh, booklet, which give you the game while 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 uh, it loaded up. You could actually read the whole book. Um, and the thing is, it came laminated, so you had to break the seal basically. But she told me that in that place they had a machine that relaminates all the boxes because the boxes came uh, the boxes came in from abroad they were not laminated the lamination itself was done at that big warehouse because the warehouse received the uh, the received the goods had to open the thing check if it's uh, if it's okay if the discs is, uh, are and everything is there close it and then laminated it so she said, well, as long as the cover, because the big, it was still the big discs, the big uh, black discs, uh, like the square discs, as long as the casing, because it already came in a casing like an envelope, as long as the casing is undisturbed or untouched or doesn't have any like uh, water droplets on it or coffee droplets, not coffee, but basically Coke droplets on it, uh, she can return it and not pay for it. So I got a shit ton, a metric ton of games, a metric ton of games. Um, anywhere between flight simulators, one thing, one flight simulator I remember now is not really a first person simulator, but uh, like a 2D version of um, 50p planes. Uh, against uh, uh, a Japanese island. So it's a World War II flight simulator. I got like a submarine type thing. Uh, I think it was called uh, Wolfpack. One of the other games that I got was uh, a game called Gunboat, which I adored because it gave you ranks. That's how I learned about American uh, military ranks, uh, the Navy ranks. Um, gunboat was like a sort of a simulator of a gunboat in Vietnam, in the, in the Vietnam War. Great game. Railroad Tycoon. Oh my God, I spent ages on that game. Uh, uh, 3D boxing, 4D boxing. 3D boxing, Cinemaware, my god, man, Cinemaware 3D boxing, no, not 3D boxing, it is, I don't know what it's called, no, it's 3D boxing, yeah, amazing game, I spend a lot of time on it, but the only thing that was missing is that I had to return those, those games, and there was a problem, to to have a protection on the discs to make sure you have the original discs so you could play 
you had to leave the disk inside the the drive in order for the game to load and then check if like uh, I didn't have any hard drive back in the day it was just the, those drives so you had to put the disks inside the uh, the drive and sometimes especially in the boxing games you had four disks so you had to you had to load the game put all four discs in then you had to uh, return the first disc to put in and then the second disc had to be in the second drive or something to make no no you had to have the second disc I don't know I don't remember but you had to have all four discs and you had to have the originals. Now, how did the computer know it was the originals? Well, the originals were written and then the whole disc was plastic. And then on the side, you had like a broken, broken thing that you can break. Uh, it's sort of a plastic part which was missing. Uh, and the computer knew that if, if the copy was legit, it would search for the copyright thing that was written on the actual program on the disk itself and it had to have the broken stuff um in some of the things i could copy and sort of jerry-rigged a, a, a piece of plastic to put on there uh that would fit in the drive itself uh but some of it i couldn't do one of those games was uh, was the boxing game and that one had to be bought um, along with that they came a slew of and I said it before when I talked about the leisure suit Larry is I love to to uh, solve puzzles at least when I was a kid now I don't particularly like it but it has to be a good one um, I had a lot of adventure games, uh, quest, I, I called them quest games, uh, king, I don't remember if king quest was a thing, but police quest and space quest were two of the games that I had during those couple of years where, uh, before we moved again, uh, but I had those games where it was, um, where I'm searching for words here. Those games where you actually had puzzles and you had to have uh, sort of items. Monkey Island. Uh, Indiana Jones. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. The original Monkey Islands. Monkey Island 1 and Monkey Island 2. I think Simon the Sorcerer as well, but maybe that came later. Don't remember if it was the same era, but definitely Monkey Island 1, Monkey Island 2, and Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Indiana Jones and Fate of Atlantis was so good, was so good, I adored Indiana Jones, and I adored the game. Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis uh, was so good because you could actually... Uh, finish it in three ways you either do it yourself with hard puzzles do it yourself by uh, brute force that means a lot of um, basically hand-to-hand -hand combat during a, a, an adventure game or do it in tandem with a, a female protagonist which was I think that was the hardest way to do it 
I think no the uh, the hard puzzles do it by yourself but not with brute force do it with your brains um, that was the the hardest one um, and that game you could not play that game if you didn't have the original box because the original box came with sort of um, an old decoder it had like it's a cardboard thing. It's a circle. Uh, the first circle had all the answers. Second circle has a window. So you had to turn it around. The third circle, again, with a window. And the fourth circle and with a window. You had to match whatever. There was a part of the game close to the end, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. No, you had uh, to enter the game. You had to put the correct... Uh, you, you had a prologue. Then you had to uh, do the decode, decoding thing. Then in the, close to the end, you had another decoder thing. So you couldn't complete the game if you like got it from a friend or something. You couldn't do any shenanigans. And you couldn't copy over the game. You, I could not get that game to copy. So I had to make my mom buy it. Um, so I had the thing. Amazing game. Finished it in three different ways. So many hours, so much time spent on that game. Um, now, we moved again. We moved again. We moved to Tel Aviv, a major city, major, major city. And again, I need to find friends, need to find things. And it was really tough because I went from... A city where the area where I lived was kind of everybody was the same sort of a lower middle I would call it lower middle class so working working class people my mom moved to Tel Aviv where the uh, cost of living in that in that place where we moved to was was relatively the same but the neighborhood was one of those neighborhoods where all of, uh, the place where we lived had a place where it was kind of a, not really poor area, but people that lived there from the start, but didn't have a lot of money. But around them, the place got gentrified. So a lot of really, really rich people lived. And I went to a school where most of the most of the kids there were like I would say not really Beverly Hills 90210 if you know the series but really close to it like a lot of rich kids a lot of rich kids and I was like the not the poorest guy but one of the poor guys so everything that I wanted to do that my friends had I couldn't um, I ended up having a real hard time during my first year my second year it was uh, 10th grade I made a, a friend a girl that I cherish dearly till this day even though we don't really speak anymore uh, but she was the first one that I could talk to about video games because she had a, a, a dad who had worked in in sort of the early high-tech uh, he was a graphics designer or something like that. 
and she had a really good PC and I really didn't. Um, and we kind of, uh, kind of made friends and she gave me a lot of games like early Sid Meier's Civilization and, oh, she gave me Simon the Sorcerer. I think she gave me Simon the Sorcerer to play and, um, Goblins, no, Goblins, that was before, also a puzzle game, that was back then, um, so, uh, and she had a good friend, a male friend, that also was, he was a real rich kid, he still is, he works, uh, used to work in Google, I don't know if he still works in Google, but he works in, worked in Google Israel, um, hold on, need to clear my throat, So she, uh, we, uh, I always went to her house to play games. Uh, but then I struck up a more significant friendship with her friend and he had a even better computer and kind of, I kind of gravitate. We were, we were sort of a three threesome. He was in a different school. She was in my school. Uh, but we hung out over the weekends and sort of we were sort of a, a trio we went to each other's houses she was into she was my first introduction to like emo and rock and i was not a really heavy metal guy uh i listened to early 90s techno and pop and all that stuff and she and him were the first people oh sorry um were the first people that was like dude are you coming to that club it's like a real metal club and i wasn't into it and they were my introduction to nirvana and alternative music and grunge music and uh, metallica and and pantera all the good stuff from the 90s um and those were my geeks. Those were my nerds. That was my thing. And I felt like in my school, I was completely out of it. As as I would felt like I, I was there. I didn't belong anyways. I was not going anywhere. And I had my geek friends. That was my geekdom. That was my shit. Um, when I did reach the 10th grade, along with that, came something that kind of ignited my love for movies because all throughout I talked a lot about PC and I kind of left those the movies alone but all throughout all throughout the the course of the what I was talking about the PC era where I spent a lot of time doing that we always had uh, we always had cable we always had like I had not an NES because my true story. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here, and I'm gonna backtrack and tell you two stories. One story was the Sega Master System. What happened to it? Well, I had a friend who wasn't really a friend uh, that said, "Look, I have an Atari, an old Atari. You can play it. I'm gonna give you the Atari." as a console but you should give me the the Sega the Sega Master System now back then i wasn't really touching my Sega Master System it was collecting dust really and i said well i kind of like 
to try Atari because he had a cartridge with a hundred and something games and that was the Atari back then it was like like the Pong Atari so he gave me that system I gave him that system and my mom was like where's the Sega Master System I was like gave it to that guy I said okay no problem just get it from him and I didn't get it from him I don't know why did I play the Atari once once and I'm sorry about that for the rest of my life that I don't have the Sega Master System because I could definitely jerry-rig it today with new cables with an emulator after we moved and my mom went we lived with the uh, the other family my mom found her girlfriend I didn't have an NES but I had one of those generic consoles that ran generic sort of a carbon copy you would say chinesium you would say now chinesium console um i think it was called megason and we had sort of the same subscription as we had as i i had uh same we found i found a shop where we bought the thing uh my mom bought it for me and the same shop gave the same subscription you paid like a pound for one replacement but you can play whatever you want you can replace it whenever you want you could come after two months you could come after two days and replace it and i played a lot of old nes games super mario brothers all the old nes games i don't really remember them all again there were so many i replaced it so every time i had like an allowance and what i did with it was replace cartridges with it because uh, I got the PC games for free yeah um, so all throughout this we had movies in our lives we had cables and we had a movie channel and in the movie channel whatever we didn't uh, we didn't catch we actually had a VCR that recorded which was like uh, I'm going to bed now but Die Hard is on I'll I'll tape I'll wait for like it was I don't know 11 o'clock 10 o'clock and I wanted to go to sleep because it was like a Wednesday so we put a VCR in and we taped it we had uh, we were living in um sort of a uh, it's called a duplex so it's an apartment sort of a penthouse I would call it a penthouse an apartment that has a lower level and and, and an upper level and on the upper level, close to the kids' rooms, we had like a corner that where we had a TV and a VCR and we could record stuff. So we recorded uh, loads of videos when we were basically asleep and we watched it throughout. Um, either we, came, we watched it uh, the next afternoon or we waited for a weekend and we saw it together. Sometimes some of us watched it alone. Uh, um, the boy from the other family was kind of... He had a weird taste for movies, uh, but um, sort of we had to coordinate on hours. But, you know, when I wasn't in front of a movie, I was in front of the PC. Great, uh, great example for my kids. So going back to the present of the story. I was like. In the 10th grade. 
you had to uh, you had to select your major, your major, uh, your your extracurriculum stuff, not extracurriculum, but um, the major subject that you want to uh, learn to get your high school diploma. And I chose cinema and I do not regret it for a single second. I regret one thing, one thing that in the last year, in my senior year, I was working and doing school and I was completely dedicated to work and not to school. I wasn't really a good, I, I'm, I'm not a dumb kid. I'm not really dumb. I'm really smart, actually. I have the tests to prove it. I don't want to boast, uh, but I'm really smart. But as Stephen Fry said, you can get a kid to sit down in a classroom, but if it doesn't interest him, he won't learn anything. Curiosity will make kids learn. Now, I'm not trying to preach here. But he said that in one of his biographies, and I think it was really true for me because anything I put my mind into it, I knew everything in it. Everything. I knew where to go, what to do, where to copy, what to everything. And that came in when I studied film and cinema. I watched a lot of movies that I couldn't care less they were good movies. Uh, uh, Citizen Kane comes to mind. Uh, Gone with the Wind comes to mind. Uh, movies that were considered really good movies. Uh, we watched a lot of bad movies on purpose uh, to analyze them and see what's wrong with them as well. But a lot of those movies were like, dude give us something like that we are interested in I, I i talked to my teacher my teacher was like 75 years old not really but really close to to retirement and the movies he liked were like the good movies the oscar movies the things that were considered real good but he wouldn't show us like a contemporary movie and try to analyze that i told him look let's you think that uh, the movies that they make today are really bad? Let's take something like Back to the Future. Let's take something like Ghostbusters. Let's take something like the original Star Wars, A New Hope, Episode 4. Let's analyze that. You could do that. You could do that and talk about the story and talk about uh, the, um, the angles and the shots and all that. Talk about the nitty-gritty of the movie like you did like in fucking a Sam Peckinpah movie anyways in that world in the in the movie world I was totally and completely immersed um, I love studied it I was really good at it I was the guy in that class I don't know if you ever studied anything that was a speciality I was the guy in that class, and it doesn't really matter which which subject it was, that was like, wasn't really the teacher's pet, but the guy who the teacher went to that he could count on. Even though he didn't know my name for three years, 
as in he called me by a different name because he had sort of other classes we weren't the only class he kept calling me a different name every single time and when it came to my to the second year my my um uh, sophomore no junior the year before senior junior i guess uh the 11th grade he brought in uh, an outside teacher that was supposed to uh, teach us how to edit and that teacher I loved more than the other one because the uh, he was younger he was uh, coming from uh, from actual working at, on TV not really movies but on TV he uh, built a deck a real professional deck and taught us how to um, how to work with it he uh, even got like a machine that can do uh, visual effects and taught us how to do stuff. I, of course, spent there more hours than other people. So I, I, I knew how to do sort of special effects and really cool stuff. And that was my first content creation. That was my first taste of content creation because we were doing uh, a slew of movies and we had to edit it was like a minute and a half and that that the editing part was real prominent with me and it was i was so uh i was that guy you can count on because i was the guy that, that you can count on i was um tasked in the 11th grade to get a camera and take it abroad to Poland because we had like a, a, a sort of a Jewish thing where you go to Poland and you go to the death camps and you see how it was and all that stuff. And anyone who says, who anyone who denies the Holocaust is like, dude, just go there. You'll understand, period. And that's what I have to say about that, really. Uh, so I had the camera, but... It didn't really work and only found out when I got there I got like five batteries three batteries none of them worked which sucks of course came back came back from abroad it was sort of uh, the tail end of a of a holiday vacation a Jewish holiday vacation and we had like three or four days so what we did was like I gathered my geeky friends and went to that girls the that girl who I cherish and I love uh, till this day went to her house. She had a sort of a, um, uh, I want to say bomb shelter, but not really a bomb shelter, but sort of a basement that was concrete enforced in case of an emergency. Uh, so we went there that was our hangout there was like couches there there was anything and i was like i got my camera and i asked them do you do you guys mind if we do like a music video it's like sure what which one it's like i was really into offspring let's do a self-esteem by offspring cool everybody was in it uh, uh, that uh, girlfriend I had, rather than a girlfriend, but uh, that girl who was a friend, 
she uh she had uh, like a, a Fender guitar, so she brought that. Her neighbor had a Fender guitar. He was also a part of our sort of a middle, uh, sort of a geeky friend group. He was more of a rocker thing, but not really. Anyway, we filmed it. We did like stupid stuff and uh, we got like um, sort of, I would say not really Christmas lights, but sort of lights on a string that had uh, different colors on it. Uh, really really nice really cool everybody was like with long hair yes i had long hair and i went back to my teacher my editing teacher and said to him look um could i do could i edit this video here could i edit this music video here and could you teach me how to um cuz i had the disc so i can record the audio because uh, back then you had to splice everything together you had basically three vcrs two one master two slaves you had like a recording thing you had to match what what was difficult is to match the singing in the music video and the my stupid mouth singing the 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 whole thing so what what i did was have one take where i sang the whole song so i'll have a bass track and on there i'll have like all the stupid stuff that we did like break the guitar or all that stuff uh so the thing was to match the music and me actually lip singing lip syncing it because i actually knew knew the word i actually know some of the words now but anyways okay next that was my first introduction to videos i wish i have the tape here i have the tape um and i've been dying for years now to switch it to digital it is so bad not the not the actual video the video clip itself is amazing for <laughs> no i'm just kidding it's bad on both sides so it's uh the tape it's the vhs tape itself is pretty degraded and even back then it had a few places where it was bad because the original tape was bad now trailing back a bit got back from remember got back from poland three batteries didn't work how did we film the video well turns out if you lick it if you lick a part of the of the thing and you push it back in because it was this big it was the size of a cell phone but i'm talking about the old cell phone the brick cell phone from back in the 80s it was like that was the battery and then you slide it in and presto it worked yeah so made the video completed it showed it to the edit because he actually left me alone in there he left me alone in that editing room i was there for three hours one day had to wait another week because of classes and stuff came back did another three or four hours in there 
showed it to him and was like, amazing, looks good. He's like, can I submit this as my final exam? He was like, yes and no. It's like, what? It's like, yes, you can submit it for this year's finals, but you cannot submit it for next year where you get actually credit for your diploma. It's like, oh my God. So my senior year, I barely, I, I came to school, but I barely remember anything. I did half of my, uh, half of my tests I did in the previous year, in my 11th year. So once it got to around springtime where kind of things kind of taper off and you don't really have to come to school, you basically stay home and study so that as soon as they told us you can stay home and study, I was like, dude, I'm going to work every day in the morning. I worked from eight till four every day, eight hours a day, worked, worked, worked. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts. I was really good at working at Dunkin' Donuts. I was really, really good. Um, but it completely destroyed my grades. Uh, and the thing is, I wasn't even I wasn't even eligible to go into the finals of the film because um, I, I went to do the exam, but I had to submit uh, a movie, a short movie. And we did kind of film something and we submitted. Kind of, it was shit. It was shit. Really, it was bullshit. Uh, I barely got a grade for it. Let me take another squiggles because my voice is going. Oh. So, finished high school and my mind is going on a three-year break. And what I mean by that was I was in the army. I was doing, um, I was in combat. I was combat engineer. I didn't like the army. I still don't like the army. It's not for me. I made the most of it. Um, back then, my PC, again, throughout high school, I had upgrades to my PC, uh, but it was really terrible. Um, I got an, I don't remember if I got a new PC or a loaner PC. I, I, most of the games that I've played and I, the one thing that I remember playing and that will segue into maybe part two is the few games that I remember loving the most was Orcs versus Humans, Warcraft 1, Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness. Uh, love those games, especially the Warcraft 2. God, I love that game. Uh, I loved... I, it had a map editor for making your own campaign. Making your own campaigns. Oh, yes. <clears throat> that was my... That was my jam. And then my good friend who i gotten real close to was my best friend. The one that, you know, the girl introduced me to. The rich kid. He had... Diablo 2. Uh, Diablo 2. Yeah, Diablo 2. We played that game together because 
he played that game by himself and he couldn't manage uh, the mana and health potions. He couldn't manage it. So what we did was he was playing the mouse and arrows and I was playing one, two, three, four to uh, one, two, three, four. Was it eight? I don't remember, uh, but or control one. I don't remember Diablo two. Wow, I was completely blank. Anyways, I was like, I was the health and mana provider, and he was the guy playing the game. But we chose the talent tree together, uh, and we finished the game. Now to I'm running at an hour now. I'm looking at it right now. I'm almost an hour. One of the things that I remember the most is th one of the bosses there. One of the bosses there. His name, his name is Mephisto. Mephisto is an early, early name for one of the names of the devil. It's sort of a, I think, I think. And you can, if anyone, anybody listens to this podcast and got to this particular point Mephisto is actually a short of Mephistophel which is an Assyrian not Syrian but Assyrian um, deity sort of an idol uh, I think and when the Christians came or when the early Christians came what they did was uh, vilify all the native gods because they wanted to have their their Christian god, so they made Mephistophel into Mephisto, which later on became one of the names of the devil. So I think another name that comes to mind, which was also a boss, was Baal. Baal or Baal. Uh, it was um, a Phoenician god, um, an early Phoenician um deity idol whatever you want to call it sort of a, a an i think it was an idol um that was like the chief god don't again i'm not so bale and mephisto are like bosses in the game but they're also names of the devil in terms of christianity along with diablo the boss himself but mephisto really stuck in the back of my mind of like sort of a devilish thing and that, after a long, 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 long time, became my name. But I write it a little bit different uh, because of something else, which will come in maybe part two of how I became a content creator. But those are like my roots till I got to the army. And in the army, uh, I was coming home every two weeks to three weeks uh, i had sort of a weekend off and every four months or so somewhere in that along that we had a week off um uh the first year the first uh, i was i didn't really have any girlfriends when i was uh when i was in high school uh but i did started to date when I did get into the army, uh, got one girlfriend, chucked me out, and then my wife came along. And sort of me and my wife connected 
when it came to movies and TV series, uh, we really had a lot of a lot in common when it came to that. And that was the starting point of me and her talking. And that really doesn't really concern me being content creator, but you have to have to uh, put it in your head since January, since mid January of 1999, I'm with my wife. She was my girlfriend and then we got married, but, and I kicked my thing again. Uh, she is the love of my life. I know she can hear me in the back. She is the love of my life. And she was a real big influence in not the content I create, but how she facilitates, how she facilitates me uh, creating content, especially, especially in the last three years since I've got, uh, you know what, in the last year and a half since I really got into it, maybe two years there, I really, really got into it. And she hates the PC. She hates that I'm spending hours and hours and hours in here, but she knows. And you know how I know? She's the one getting me new stuff for the computer. She's the one pushing the envelope. She is. So she's a big part of it. She wants to or not. She wants to or not. Um, but when I was in the army, I was, my mind was a blank. Uh, I played a few games here and there, not really something interesting. I'm sure I've played a lot of games that, let's say, Full Throttle, which is an adventure games, sort of like the same quest games that I was talking about. Day of the Tentacle, one of those games along the way. I don't remember when they came into my life, probably high school. Leisure Suit Larry, remember I talked about that about half an hour ago, maybe 40 minutes ago. I played the first one, I played the second one, I played the third one. After that, I was out. I was like, it's all the same to me. Um, but there were loads and loads of uh, games that I played. And like I said, I had a big love for sports games. And one of the games that I played a lot was a Championship Manager to a football game, which you didn't really see the football you had a timer and when you had a goal for one side or the other, you had like a big giant flashy thing on the screen. But I love being managed. I would love SimCity back in the day and then other SimCities and other type managing games. Uh, those were the shit to me. So those are the games that I didn't mention, but there were loads, loads and loads and loads. Got out of the army. And... Before I end this podcast, the last few months of the army, a new game came into my life, which started, which was the gateway drug to online gaming. And that was Ultima Online, a game that is lets you literally play whatever you want in the constraints of the game, but it was broad you could literally be anything that you wanted you had a list of professions you had a list of of um 
sort of combat stuff you can do and anything in between bow making fletching and animal taming and sorcery or majory or blacksmithing uh swordsmanship or masonry ma macing i don't remember if it's made oh, no, doesn't really matter um so that game was a real 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 uh influence on me especially when it came to the turn of the century uh 2001 or two late no yeah start of 2001 i got into the game it wasn't i think it started at 1999 but i got into it 2000 or 2001 and that game was played on the pc that was a family pc at my girlfriend's then my girlfriend back then uh now my wife uh on their computer um which i also played at home i just brought the disc with me uh but that was the start of my online gaming and that it's where I end it before I start talking about World of Warcraft because that game was a big influence on my life and the biggest content that I do, at least if you look at everything I create on my channel. Um, That's it for me, Mephisto, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you are a content creator, and it doesn't matter how big you are, large you are in terms of audience or how small you are, and it doesn't matter if you're a YouTuber, a Twitch streamer, a Mixer streamer, a YouTube streamer. Um, if you create content and you want to tell your story, please contact me on Twitter. I'm really easy to find, at Mephisto. You know where to find me. Or leave me a comment on this down below. Or if you find me through CastBox where I upload this uh, these podcasts, please. Feel free to, to message me through there. Leave a comment through there. Awesome. If you want to be on this podcast, you're more than welcome. And I'll see you out there in the world of gaming and content creation.